Okay, well, welcoming on to the show, Twabich Shanahan, big T-Wolves fan and the overstated group. The, we're going to be doing a team draft, so how it's going to work is we're going to go back and forth. We're each going to pick 10 teams. We're going to get one point for regular season wins and uh, two points for the playoff wins. So, Twabich, how are you feeling? you have a strategy prepared or just going to see how it goes? Uh, you know, I, I thought about having a strategy and then I thought, I think I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> so, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm flying blind here. I have, uh, I'm just looking at, you know, all 30 teams and we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. All right. And you're the guest. I don't let you pick if you want the first pick or the second pick. The, if you pick the second pick, you'll have the second and the third pick. And then after that, we're just going to go one by one back and forth. So do you want to pick four? Okay. Want the second and the third pick? I think I'll go, I think I'll take the first pick. Okay. And um, I'm, I have, I, I'm going all in on the Denver Nuggets. I am absolutely the, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this was almost a 50 win team with Will Barton with the second most shot attempts per game. And they're about to get Jamal Murray back, Michael Porter Jr. back, KCP, Bruce Brown. Like, I think their defense is going to be better than people think. And whatever, ha whatever happens in the playoffs, I think they're going to win a boatload of, of uh, regular season games. So I, I'm taking the Nuggets. I'm going all in on on Jokic and and Jokic and Murray. I think that might sound bold, but I did have them number one for my wet teams. I just feel like they're the same. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm glad I, I'm glad I got first pick then because I was like uh, it might be a little bit of a sleeper, but I, I I thought you might have your eye on them. So yeah, I just feel like with the Draymond situation and the clipboard injuries and Sean's who knows, I just feel like they they are the safest pick in the West. Um, I'm going to go back yeah. to back. I'm going to take two East teams since, the, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of unsure about the West. I am going to go the Milwaukee Bucks, boss. Um, uh, I, think, I, I figured you would. Yeah, I think they'll, they might coach in a way to see them kind of like they did last year, but I think they'll still be a top three team for sure. And then they'll my pick to come out of the East in the playoffs. Yeah. And then I'm going to. Great pick. I'm kind of torn between the for my next team. I definitely don't pick <laughs> team. I'm gonna go with the 76 Lords because I do think they're gonna be the number one seed in the East. So and then I, they. I was gonna say. Yeah, I do. I I my, thought you had money on them, so I, I was I was like, he's got a. I I knew you were picking him with one of those two. I I wasn't sure who you would take with your other pick. Yeah, I think they're gonna be the number one seed, and then if they get to number one seed, they should at least make the conference finals. I know that didn't really work out for them a couple of years ago, but I think they're a better team now. So we'll go one yeah. one now. So who do your second pick? This is where it starts to get tough. I think those first three, those first three feel pretty safe. Like I think if nothing else, all three of those teams are going to be really good in the regular season. You, you already laid out the case for like 
the all of the uncertainty with a bunch of other teams. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm gonna hold my nose and 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 pick the Clippers, um, just because I think hopefully they're ready come playoff time. I have no idea how many games. Apparently, I, I heard something on some podcast that apparently the Clippers have the most back to backs of any team. So that's just like. 18 games or something that Kawhi isn't going to play. <laughs> um, but, you know, if, if they're healthy in the playoffs, that they're going to be, they're going to be really tough. And for my second pick, go taking one, us into the third. We're gonna what's go, that? We're going to go one by one moving forward. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, for my next pick, you oh, know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm being a homer. I'm going, oh, starting now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, my bad, my bad. No, All right, go for it. You're good. Uh, um, so we're just going to, again, we're going to trade off one by one for here on out. Um, I think that's two by two might be a little much. Um, I'm going right. to go Warriors here. Um, it's a good pick. I, I need a West team. I think they're still clear cut. And, and I spoke about with the – Draymond Green situation on my last podcast. I think they'll end up being fine. I think they don't work it out, and they'll still be pretty good. All right, so now yeah. with your third pick. Yeah, I trust the culture with the Warriors. Yeah. Um, okay, so I know who I should pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be a homer, and I'm taking the Timberwolves. Oh. We're gonna have we're gonna have a top ten offense and a top ten defense, and <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, I said with Mikey, I think you guys don't have a top ten offense and a top ten defense too. So I agree with yeah. that. I agree with that. I think playoffs are only interesting. I think playoffs this year especially don't be very matchup dependent more than anything. So it'll be interesting to see who they get matched up with. Um, this is kind of a tough pick for me. I am gonna go. I'm kind of surprised it's still available. I think they have the highest win total in Vegas. So I'm gonna go to Celtics here. Um, yeah yep so yeah like I yeah said, that's probably who i should have taken yeah yeah it's all right it's all right that um i think the war will be really good too um Celtics, i think it's pretty straightforward i think they'll probably be a top three team in the east in the regular season and are very capable of going to the finals again so who don't be your fourth team picked you know, I don't know that I like anybody else in the East that much. So before uh, mm, this is tough. This is this is where it starts to get a little weird. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna take oh, this. This this hurts. I'm gonna take Brooklyn just because potential upside. Like it, they they. Two points for playoff wins, so so you know if they get there, they've got as good a chance as any of the other teams, you know, in a vacuum. So whatever, I'll do it. Yeah, that's I would, I would don't admit I would only be surprised if you don't pick four West teams to start. So you did, you did kind of need it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they definitely have the highest ceiling of any team left for sure. Um, it's probably not going to work, but hey, why not? Fourth round. I feel like every team at this point is kind of a wish. They definitely have the highest upside. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, – uh, 
it, I'm might go a little bold with this one. I'm going to take the Pelicans. I'm going to go upside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm super high on the Pelicans. I think they might be the number one offense in the NBA, and I think their defense will be good enough where they will still be really good. Um, it's that second part I'm concerned about, but I, I, I like the pick. I like the pick. Yeah, I do have a lot of west, a lot of Western teams now, um, and you got the Pelicans. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my heart here. I think that I, I'm gonna take the Cavs. I, I like the Mitchell trade, and I like I like Mobley developing in in year two. Love Garland. The, you know, if Allen's healthy, I think they're gonna be really good. Okay. Yeah, I like that pick too. Honestly, I'm. The Cavs are like the team I've gone back and forth on the most. Part of me want to make a bold prediction that they don't be in the play-in tournament. Um, but then another part of me is like, could they be like the second seed? I don't know. I feel like the East. Yeah. <laughs> the East is like barely compact. I feel like a lot of teams that don't be within like two or three wins of each other. And, oh, yeah. So I think that's a good pick. Um, I'm going to go – I'm deciding between two teams. Um, I'm going to take the Miami Heat here. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a little lower. I'm, last year, I got totally born. Last year, I predicted them to be in the play-in. They end up being the number one seed. Um, and I think they <laughs> – and they proved – they did prove to me that – they can, even with like Butler and Bam resting that like they'll this team defense is like so good that they can still show up and win on any given night just by playing elite defense. So I'm not, and they made it to the conference finals last year too. So I'm not at war with them. I think they're pretty good value at this point. Um, yeah, I thought about them. I thought about them with my pick before. So, so it's a, it's, I think it's a good pick. Um, I'm going to take, um, it's, it's kind of wild that there was a team that won 60 games last year that we haven't picked yet. And it's like the sixth round now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to put all any Suns fans who are listening to this out of their misery. And I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns. Um, the vibes are frankly awful, but you know, it's, it's, they were, they won 64 games last year and they basically didn't lose anybody. So, you know, I don't like it, but I'll take them. And if they, it seems like they had COVID in the Mavericks series, so if they didn't get COVID in that series, they'll probably at least in the conference finals too. So I don't did, know. I just feel did like you listen to did you listen to Bill Simmons thinks that like Chris Paul legitimately had COVID in that game? Yeah, I think I mean multiple fluctuation <laughs> of that multiple players on the team had COVID. Um That's wild. That's yeah. so wild. Um yeah, so I I don't know. I just kind of I just kind of have a bad feeling about the Suns. I kind of thought about picking them really like for my last right three or four picks, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. I just kind of yep, yep. <laughs> um, I get it. I get it. So my pick now, um, I'm gonna take. Uh, this is kind of hard. I feel like at this point, any team we pick is like a borderline. I guess. We'll we're in the playing range at this point. Yeah, we're pretty much predicting the team to be in the playing at this point. Um, I would take the. Um, 
I'll take the good weeds. I'll take the bad. I think the bad player will laugh at probably Josh. I'm just gonna take him. And I was gonna take him if you didn't. So, um, <laughs> so good, good pick, good pick. It's like four teams that were kind of deciding between and Josh is the best player of any of those teams. So I'll just roll with him. Um, yeah, I think there's, I think there's probably a, one other guy that's 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 better, but uh, that's not the team that I'm probably gonna take either. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna this is tough. This is tough. How many East teams have we picked? One, two, three, four, five. So I'm basically picking the sixth seed in the East at this point. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Toronto. Yeah. Um I trust Nick Nurse. I trust, you know, their kind of core three of OG, Van Vliet, and uh Siakam, and I'll bet on Scotty Barnes taking a mini leap too. So give me give me Toronto. Yeah, they were kind of the team I was deciding between with with the grid reads. Um, but if I like, do a quick one down to to the listener, don't get super confused. Um, Travic had the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Wolves, the Nets, the Cavs, the Suns, and the Raptors. Uh, pretty good squad, I feel like. I have the Bucks, <laughs> the Swords, the Warriors, the Celtics, the Pelicans. The heat and the grid weeds. Um, so we're gonna do that. Work. That's tough. Bucks, Sixers, Warriors is like. There's a very good case that those are gonna be the best three teams in the league. So I'm looking at the list right now, and I'm like, I might have royally screwed this up. <laughs> I would get one by force two picks. So I think that would have been number one pick too. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna do three more picks. Um, we kind of decided off air that we're not gonna go too far into it. That's because. This year, especially, we think that there probably don't be four or five teams in these conference trying to that's lose a many game down the stretch as possible. Um, I is a baby. Oh uh, well, I guess the I probably misspoke when I said Jod the best player left. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do you see that on the mismatch? Quit uh, Vornin said that the, he would take Jaw over Luca. So I was doing my Quit Vornin impression. Um, oh my god! But I'll take I'll take Luca now. Did he really say that? Did he really say that? Well, he he said that he wouldn't trade Jaw for Luca. So I guess if you like, being, okay, okay, you mean a homo guy? I guess that it's kind of a fail take, but it's still kind of a weird thing to say. Um, That's I get it. Like I would, I wouldn't. Oh, that's tough. I was about to I was about to say I wouldn't trade Ant for Luca, but then I thought about it for a second. I was like, that I, I can't say it. I can't say it with my whole chest, so I'm not gonna say it at all. I feel like you would have Luca for like one game and be like, I don't regret anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He he puts up like a forty five point triple double and I'm just like, This is the best thing I've ever had. Yeah. Um, all right. um okay okay, so I'm gonna go mm, I'm between two here. And all of the teams in the West after after the ones we've already picked feel like there's a version of the season where they just are absolutely disgustingly bad. So I'm going to take a team that I think is actually going to try and win all season, and uh, I'll, I'll take the Chicago Bulls. I think they're getting underrated, and uh, – and I, I, I like, I except for Lonzo, I like that they're going to be back healthy. Um, and 
Uh, I think I think they're better than people are giving them credit for. So, yeah, um, give me the Bulls. Well, how dare you for coming on my podcast? I thought I could maybe wait another pick or two before I got. It. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't pick. It. Well, I, I'll wait to see what you pick. But yeah, yeah. Um, the other team didn't didn't make me feel good at all. So yeah, um, and they t- kind of talked about this. The you referenced uh, Bill Simmons uh, over on the pod. They kind of talked about this, dude. The board have, like, no incentive to lose games down the stretch. Uh, no, not at all. We're probably not going to get a first-round pick unless we get ridiculous lottery luck. Um, so I think even if we're, like, the 10 seed with, like, seven games left, we'll probably still don't try to win all those games. Um, so I like that pick. And I do think – I agree with you that people are sweeping on us a little bit. Um Okay, I'm going to go with, I think, the team that you were thinking about, but maybe I'm one. I'm going to take the Hawks here. Oh, not the team I was thinking of, but I, but, but good pick, good pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit play guy, so maybe, maybe I should be higher on the Hawks than I am. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. The, that team, I just feel like that, another one of each team that could be like the four seed or could be like the 10 seed. It, you know, I just, yeah. We'll see what happened with them. Um, all right, so yeah, I, health and health and just like they're better. I mean, yeah, I, I just don't know what they're gonna. I, I don't know what it's gonna look like. So I kind of, I'm kind of on the stay away from with them. But it could go really well. Like they could be really good. Yeah. So what would the team you were alluding to here? Or, or... All right. So this is this is entirely a bet on. Uh, a certain former MVP not being on the team and uh, and and two very very distant draft picks being traded for somebody. Um, I, I'm gonna take the Lakers. <laughs> um, I, I I they have LeBron James. I don't know if anyone's heard of him, but uh, I, I, he's pretty good and. Um, at this point, you know, I'm, I, it's like, am I, am I really going to take the Sacramento Kings? Like, okay, get, get, give me LeBron James, give me LeBron James. I'll, t- I'll take that guy over, over whatever's going on in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's been an interesting preseason. I know the, um, I think the, the wanting out kind of the regular season rotation tonight for the Lakers. They haven't really played many of their guys, and it seems like their starting lineup for tonight is going to be Westbrook, Beverly, Lonnie Walker, LeBron, and Anthony David. So I don't know if that means that they'll be the start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, that doesn't make me feel any better about picking them, let me tell you that. Yeah, I guess those might be their five best players, um, but – that, oof, that that's even that makes me feel even sadder going three guards to start out and again i don't know if, if lonnie walker if lonnie walker is literally legitimately one of your five best players um i oof, oof, I, I have nothing to say yeah the guy is supposed to be a shooter that hadn't shot well in like any <laughs> <laughs> uh i liked lonnie walker anyways i did like him in college a lot too um yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we are kind of deciding between kind of the two kind of teams in each conference that everyone likes to make fun of. Um, I would <laughs> the Canes and the Knicks. I think are kind of the two teams on the top of the big board right now. Um, 
I, I do think there are like a few teams that you can maybe argue, but those are the final two for me at least. Um, I'm going to take – Yeah. I just think the Kings are going to be the most fun of any team last. So just to like wash off like a league patch. Same, so I'm going to take the Kings here with my last bit. Just so I can – even if they're like losing, I feel like I can have fun watching them and be happy though on my squad kind of. Um, so, yeah. No, I think it's good. All right. So who's going to be your last pick to finish up the draft here? So, I mean, you mentioned the Knicks, and I think the Knicks probably are going to try and win. Um, but I just don't – I don't buy it with that roster. Like, I, I'm not I, I'm not buying, like, a Randall bounce back year. I'm not buying, like, offensive uh, – like, full-time offense initiator Jalen Brunson. So, um Give me the best player available. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Blazers. Uh, I think that they're probably. You know, there's a world in which everything goes really bad and they they tank or shut people down or, or something. But um, if not, I mean, they're a team that at their upside could even be, you know, right on the edge of maybe cracking the top six or at least being like kind of the seven seed or something like that. So, um, so I'll take Portland. I'll bet on Dame coming back and being being close to close to old dame yeah uh, i would actually for like the entire offseason i would like the boy are definitely better than the Kings. it seems like those are kind of people are kind of comparing those two teams and i don't know i don't know how much stock you can really put in the preseason but i feel like the boy do look pretty bad in the preseason and i don't know the, i do think there are yeah. the, i do think the preseason matters to an extent um like the boards were like incredible in the preseason last year and then just like really took off to start the season. I think that like I do think like kind of the energy is kind of it a thing in the preseason, but I don't know. The pre the couple yeah. of games I watched it, so I totally turned me off in them, honestly. But kind of a bumble. I think it matters. Yeah, I think it matters, especially if you're trying to integrate new pieces. Um just to kind of like, you know get some synergy and some, like you said, some energy going and yeah, it doesn't seem like they've done that. I, I haven't paid attention to the Kings preseason, so I don't know how they look, but again, just like, you know, Dame's going to win a few games. Dame's going to win a bunch of games probably just by being Dame in the fourth quarter. So um, I like that better than potentially having to worry about deer and Fox hero mode. <laughs> Outside of the Knicks, do you think there's any team that, we need all of us drafted that you think could maybe make the playoffs and maybe make us stupid for not drafting them or at least make the play in maybe. You know, the only team I really thought about was, and this is, this isn't the only team I thought about was, was the wizards. Not because I think they're good, not because I like them or think they have much of a chance at really making the playoffs, but they have a lot of guys on their team that are good. (laughs) I don't know if any of them fit together or if they'll kind of like coalesce into anything that works, but they have a lot of players that on other teams, I'd be like, Oh yeah. Kyle Kuzma. Oh yeah. Monty Morris. Oh yeah. This guy. Um, I don't know if it's going to work for the wizards this season, but I don't know. They could, they could win 40 games just by kind of like picking off the, you know, the, the Hornets and the Pacers and the, 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 you know, the, the tanking teams and, you know, stealing some against some of the better teams, but 
that's the one I would I would maybe say unless there's you know a young guy from one of the kind of bottom feeders that really blossoms. But um, the Wizards probably have just a little bit more proven talent and good role players. So I, I guess I'd say them. Yeah, I think outside the Knicks, they probably would have been the safest pick yet. I kind of like the Magic and Pistons upside, kind of. I I, I like the Pistons a lot, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's this year, but I like them a lot. Yeah, and uh, the Magic with Franz and Paolo, I think, could be kind of fun. And they kind of already have a lot of young talent. I feel like they are closer to playing. They might just kind of go for it and be like, the bold pick that they're going to get is probably going to be like, in the teens and like they'll probably I mean they might just be like we'll be happy with like two top sixteen picks. We don't need to like go tank out and try to get one of the top guy. We already have young talent. So I could see them still trying to win game down the stretch even at other teams try to tank. Um other than that yeah, I think- Franz is really good and um I'm I'm I still have a ton of Jalen Suggs stock and it seems like he avoided a really bad injury and that he's probably going to be okay I don't know if he's going to miss any time at the right at the beginning of the season but um I'm I'm still all in on on Jalen Suggs I think he's just got the the mentality to be you know an above average point guard in the league so um so yeah the magic would not surprise me at all if they're like in the in the mix for the 10 or like the 9 or 10 seed yeah, I like Shud a lot too. The, um, I don't know if you remember from like the very exclusive actual end, but the, uh, when before the boards traded for Vucevic and we were kind of on the end of being in the plane or not, I kind of wanted the board just to tank and get chugged in the draft before we. Oh, yeah. The- I would all in on Chugs, honestly. So I yeah. stock on him. If he pans out. Yeah, if he pans out, he would be kind of what the Bulls would need. Like, I, I think he kind of profiles as, like, kind of Alonzo, like, IO type guy. So the fact that you have, like, two of those already is, like, you know, good for good for the Bulls. But that that's kind of what I think Suggs could could be, is, is somebody kind of in that mold. Yeah. Um, all right, Travis, thank you for coming on and doing the silly gimmick with me. And... <laughs> Have you back on to talk the wolves once they're dominating the regular season? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna win so many games like the first like month of the season. Our schedule is so easy, so don't be surprised if we jump out and we're like we have like the best record in the NBA over the first month or something. Oh yeah, I think I'm predicting the wolves to be a home court team in the playoffs. So I'm right with you on that. So oh, it's it's very in play, very in play. All right, thanks again, Travis. And like yeah, I- man, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. So yeah, hey, on behalf of uh, our friend Riley at the Bounce Pass podcast who couldn't be here today, uh, I just wanted to shoot the shit with my buddy Brett Usher. This is Mikey Byer, by the way. <laughs> Got to get that off. But uh, we had an interesting couple weeks of preseason basketball where I think it opened our eyes to a few things and kind of reality set in for where our beloved Trailblazers are. And I wanted to like talk basketball with one of my favorite people in the world to talk basketball with. The big homie Brett Asher from the Overstated Podcast. Brett, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm gonna try to be the 
the optimistic one, if that's if you're not going to be that guy on this podcast, I, I don't know. I'm sensing a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of uh, discouragement, a little bit of pessimism, maybe a little bit of doubt creeping in. Understandably, um, right? I'm going to try to, you know, not, not even try. I am optimistic. Uh, cool, I think cool. at least relative to everyone else <laughs> right now. So yeah, no man, I this is definitely something I wanted to do too, like some kind of little uh, Blazers season preview and just I don't know. I feel like. I mean, I've talked some a little bit of Blazers here and there on uh, a couple of pods, but you know, not really gone in depth at all. So that's gonna be fun, and definitely that. Yeah, there's no one I'd rather talk Blazers with than you, man. Like you're, you know, biggest Blazers fan I know. So yeah, uh, for sure. And it is this is really like the one for us pod because we know that Blazers aren't really in like the the front of everyone's mind when we're entering the season. You listen to like the national pods and shit, and it's just like there's no play oh. there. Dude, anything, the Z- it's just was, like a complete brush over. So I listened to uh, Zach Lowe uh, the other day. I, I forget what pod he was doing. It was I don't even remember what the the theme was. But they got to the Blazers, and he was just like, "Ah, eh, the Blazers are meh. meh. They're meh. fine. They're, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, they're meh. Like that was meh. pretty much his whole analysis of the Blazers. Oh like, my god, I he know. literally I, had no words to even say about them. Um, so needless to say, the the excitement's not where we want it to be right now but i've always had a kind of a sneaking suspicion that like bill simmons hates the blazers that's like some kind mm. of like thing against them and they did their draft night analysis pod where they're doing it live they literally cut to a break after the pacers <laughs> selected better than macron and they didn't come back till like the eighth pick and oh they my just gosh. did not talk about shit and sharp and i was like at least say something Oh man! Draft. It's not like it's a second round pick. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, here? I feel like but that's... yeah, that's that's how we are in the uh, the public stratosphere. So that's why this is a pod for us. I think a good way to get it going is just kind of we could discuss what we expected from the Blazers this season and uh, kind of where you think they are in comparison to your expectations. I'd like to start off with what you think. Well, I mean, it's hard to know where they are. First of mm. all, in my in my opinion, because of course, this has only been preseason. Like, I, I was pretty high on him before preseason. And, like, I'm trying not to let myself get too low because how much has really changed? I mean, Gary Payton's been injured. We haven't seen the team with him yet. That's very unfortunate that he's going to miss the opener and probably, mm-hmm. who knows, maybe a couple weeks into the season anyway. Like, th- there's a lot of things we could go over. Um, obviously, a lot of new faces. Like, so I, I just – I don't want to read too much into the preseason. Um I, I like the off season that they had and, and, you know, yeah, I, I would have expected to be a little more excited right now. I would have expected them to look a little better in the preseason, I guess, even without Gary and with Dame coming back and with, you know, all these new pieces that have to acclimate to one another. I would have expected them to look a little better, I guess. Right. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get too low on them. Um, so I, I'm still, I'm still optimistic. Uh, Last season, like when they made the trades, it was kind of like, okay, are we really going into just full on tank? Felt like it, right? Yeah. It kind of did, you know. And mm-hmm. then in the off season, then they, you know, they bring in Jeremy Grant and Gary Payton Jr. And it's like, okay, no, we're we're trying to win now. So I, I guess I feel better about the team in the winning sense than I did um, last season, like when when they were making the trades, when they were when they shut everybody down, like because that felt like a tank. And now it feels like a team that could win some games, you know, if they're healthy and all these other things that need to come together that we can definitely talk about. So, right. I've, I felt, 
I felt pretty optimistic about their off season too. I think that like that was a pretty low cost move picking up Jeremy Grant mm-hmm. and like Gary Payton's a great signing. You saw the kind of effect that he made in the finals coming back, even playing hurt. Like he can just change the game. It's kind of like fuck it up defender that we've always needed. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant is the kind of like athletic forward that we've never had. And if you just think about like where we were at the start of the previous season and you just like eyeball like players that they had on the roster and their expected roles, you got to think that Jeremy Grant is an absolute upgrade over where we had Robert Covington playing. Mm-hmm. And I think Josh Hart is an upgrade over Norman Powell, at least for like the kind of glue guy things that he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Norman Powell, the scorer, but it's like, we never really lacked for like small ball scoring. Right. And then Anthony Simons, I think that you and I are probably higher on him than consensus, but we think that he can bring you what, at least 80 to 90% of what CJ McCollum could like at on least, paper. Yeah. yeah. And then you get, um, you know, developmental guys that have a lot to prove like Keon Johnson, Shaden Sharp, Trenton Watford. We've got more depth. Yeah. We've got, uh, I, I just think, and then Gary Payton's a total, a totally different element. Just with Winslow brings them some toughness. And I just felt like we had more of a more of a balanced roster than we've really put together in the last like five or six years of the Dame era. But just seeing it on the court and the lack of effort in the preseason, just like the disconnection yeah. amongst players, I've like this is where my pessimism starting to come in. I'm starting okay. to feel like there's a bit of a like, how is this shit not clicking yet? Yeah, I had a whole like nine months of telling myself, like, once we see Josh Hart and Dame Lillard on the court together, giving a fuck. But where's the give a fuck? Yeah, yeah. And and to go back to the question, because the way you sort of framed it there, like, I guess I can look at it from a different perspective. Like, how do I feel about this team right now today as compared to a couple days before the start of last regular season? I think I feel better about this team now than I did about the Blazers going into last regular season, I think. I think I'm more optimistic. I think I think this team has a higher ceiling than that team did. I think this team has a chance to be decent defensively. That team last mm-hmm. season, I didn't see that no possibility. Chance. Yeah. Like, and you laid it out really well, just like the upgrades that they've made. Um, and that was, you know, we didn't even really know about Dame's injury before last season. But even with that, like knowing that he's physically 100%, I would say I feel better now than I did before last season. Now I was really high on them the couple seasons before that, but like I don't I, last season I'm always a little bit irrationally optimistic about the Blazers, but I think I'm still even after this preseason higher than I was then. I can see that. Yeah, I I think all of my frustration comes from mostly just nothing really feeling like it's changed the product on the court. And again, it's preseason. It's like, it's overreaction time. I've got some of the biggest overreaction feelings I've had about the Blazers in years, just because I'm, I'm a little pissed off. Maybe I'm underreacting. Um, <laughs> that but, could be the case. You know, but but, but I, see, I see a lot of what I perceive as overreaction with the Blazers. Like on Twitter, it's just like, they're done. They're cooked. They're, right. they're tanking. They're, it's all, I'm like, I don't know. Like, let me see them for like, 10 games in the regular season or let me see them with you know with Gary Payton healthy like with mm-hmm. I, I don't know I just think the the overarching thing with the Blazers where we have to cut them a little bit of slack is like the lack of continuity and it's funny because that was always a strength of this team like it was yep. always forever CJ Dame Nurk Terry Stotts like a lot of continuity more than most teams that was actually one of their strengths and I think that took them pretty far like you know making the western conference finals getting to the playoffs all those years like a lot of that was this 
continuity and familiarity. And now like that's out the window. Like obviously you have brand new guys in like Jeremy Grant and, and Shaden, the rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even guys like that they brought in last year, like like Josh Hart and yep. Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson. Like Dame hasn't played with any of those well, guys. And also counting on uh, Anthony Simons and Dame to play big minutes together. That's which the other thing. Yeah, like yep. they've played together before, but never as a starting backcourt. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just there's so many new pieces. Dame's hardly played with Trenton Watford. Like uh, Chauncey Billups obviously is still brand new. And then it's like, what do we even make of last season as far as he's concerned? You know, that was just a, a pretty much a tank slash developmental year. I thought he handled that pretty well. Um, I guess before the shit hit the fan, they were like a 500 team. So and that there's was just, with Dame playing hurt, too. That it's was just, with Dame playing hurt. I mean, they yeah. weren't bad. They were probably about what you'd expect, like the Blazers with like a diminished Dame. Okay, it's a 500 team. So mm-hmm. it's hard to even get a feel for what Chauncey is as a coach. So there's just so many new pieces that haven't played together. And, um, and these are all guys that are going to be in the rotation, you know, like Grant Hart. You know, Winslow, mm-hmm. Keon, all these They've guys. They've got to get used to each other, right? They do. And so I, I often need to kind of like hit the brakes a little bit and remind myself that. But that could be a problem because this NBA season is going to be extremely competitive. Like, yep. obviously, you can all go down the list of the Western Conference and see that, like, that seven, eight, nine, ten range, whatever, like, it's going to be super tight. And, like, I don't know. This is something I've talked about a couple times. Just, these teams that might take a little while to gel or to ramp up or to experiment with different lineups. Like, I don't know that you can afford to do that in this season for very long. Like you got to figure it out quick. I think in this season, I don't think you can, you're going to be able to make up enough ground later on right. fall back too far right away. And I know they have a tough schedule first 20 games or so. So their, uh, their first 10 games is grueling. I wouldn't be shocked if it's like a two and eight start. And that's rough. But at the yeah. same time, if you are trying to figure it out, if you do have to experiment, if you do have to come together and gel, and like even if you had had kind of an easy first 10 games, you might take some L's by doing that. Maybe like it's good to get those tough games, some of those mm. tough games out of the way early while you're figuring stuff out. And you'd probably be losing anyway. And mm. then maybe, you know, you start to click when the schedule gets a little easier. That's my That's, optimistic that, that is a good optimistic that. way to look at it. <laughs> um, one thing I want to kind of address, uh, and it's not really talked about often when people talk about the team, but you talked about the difference between the roster at the beginning of last season and the beginning of this season. And there's been a lot of minor tweaks, but one thing to remember is last season, the team was put together by Neil O'Shea and Joe Cronin took over even like, uh, what, like a third of the way through the season, quarter of the way. Yeah. And this is his first full year as a GM, and he has operated fully under the the premise of having kind of like optionality with the roster. The Dame extension aside, but if you look at the contracts he's taken on, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, um, he's kind of in a spot where at any point he can kind of pull the plug on it. And when people are talking about like, you know, gambling on the over-under of this team, for me, I'm always just like, it's a stay away. Because the one thing you got to consider is that Joe Cronin so far hasn't showed much interest in tri- like chasing a uh, playing spot. He's much more interested in tanking if that's what comes down to it. You got to go on the track record. It might only be one season so far, but I feel like if, you know, if this team, he's going to give this team a little time to click. And after, you know, maybe a month or two, if it's not looking good, 
he might start selling people off for pieces. And that's where I'm kind of like starting to get this feeling where it's like, it's kind of like it's put up or shut up time for them quick. And I don't think that that really has much to do with Dame. I think it has to do with if the rest of the roster can gel around him. And so I've got a question, um, kind of, it's a big basketball question, but it also has to do in regards with Dame Lillard. And I've got a question about like, what's your feeling in general on the premise of, uh, following a star player's timeline and is it important in team building regarding the Blazers? Mm, that's a great question. Um, they've certainly been doing it, mm. you know, and obviously the results, while I think a lot of teams would, would kill to have had the success that the Blazers have had in the Dame Lillard era. You know, they made the playoffs eight straight years, I believe like they made a Western conference finals. They made a semifinals. Like, They've had some good playoff battles. Um, they've been a good team pretty much every season, you know, like certainly above 500 uh, most seasons. Um, so, like, I wouldn't say it's been uh, a failure kind of taking that approach, sort of trying to stay on Dame's timeline. Um, but they've obviously gone in a different direction, sort of, where they have brought in younger guys. They have sold off some of the older guys. Like they now do have Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp. Like you can sort of see this like new wave of guys emerging, um, but way, way, you know, younger than Dame's timeline. And that's right. Where it's like, how many times have we seen a star player in his early thirties, like coexist and lead a bunch of, young guys essentially i mean they've got a couple veterans obviously it depends and like- historically it depends on like the success rate of it but you've seen franchises do it with like dirk nowitzki and kobe um but they right. were more kind of leaning into a, a tank and a rebuild and i think the other thing that people will bring up about that is that those guys had won championships or a championship in dirk's right. case right right game not having that it's like there's going to be all the legacy discussion yeah. Um, which I'm not always super interested in. <laughs> but yeah. Is it, is it viable to, uh, to give Dame the extension that he's got, but take the younger approach? And maybe that's all there is that we have left. I don't know. It's, that's, it's a good question because it's like, can you have it both ways? Like, can, mm-hmm. you, can you build this sort of young core? And I mean, the Warriors, like you could say, are doing it, but the Warriors have a lot more. They have a track record. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they've got, you know, they've got Clay, they've got Draymond, they've got Steph. Like they're, they're just, they're the Warriors. Um, it's hard to compare another team to them. I wouldn't say that's exactly like Nurk, Dame, and Jeremy Grant aren't quite those no, guys. Absolutely not. And they're, they're playing with a much bigger checkbook. We're, it's, we're a small true. market team that's not going to go into the luxury tax. Exactly. So yeah, we're a little bit limited in that sense. And it's like, you know, I don't know, can Dame, if Dame is, you know, 2019, 20 Dame, where he averaged 30 points and eight assists on 63% true shooting and scored 60 plus three times and 50 plus six times, you know, like if he's that guy and, and Jeremy Grant is the Jeremy Grant, he was in, in Denver, I guess would probably be the ideal version. And Nurk is the guy that, you know, he was a couple years ago. Like if, if those guys can do that and then some of the young guys can really step up at least as quality role players, then it's like, okay, this could be a really competitive team. Probably not a championship team, um, but like a playoff team, I think would be their ceiling. So that's where it's like philosophically, you have to ask yourself, like, is that what you want? Is that what you want? Even if you could, even if you could be the five seed in the West and make the conference semis, like, is that, worth it right now 
or do you think about tearing it down? Because I agree with you, like that that ability to sort of pivot to a rebuild pretty easily by having these movable contracts and then trading Dame. Is that that's the big question, right? That's the big one. And, mm-hmm. you know, that we can talk about that, too, like the the feasibility of it, the likelihood of it and what it would mean for for his legacy, like you mentioned. Right. Yeah. Just to uh, I mean, my thoughts on that are um, I think that if it came to the point and I don't think they're there yet, but if it came to the point, I think Joe Cronin would lean into that pretty quickly it would, you know, it would require Dame requesting a trade or for like this season to just go completely terribly. But it's not something that I think is going to happen right now. doesn't no. seem likely at all because there's a lot of factors working against it. One being the uncertainty of Dame's health. I think he's back. I think he's looked really good. Yeah. But I think the rest of the team, the the rest of the league, other GMs are going to try to like get pennies on the dollar for him right now. And there's I like, wonder. you can't trade Dame Lillard for nothing. No, no. But say like... You know, say the trade deadline's approaching and you're sure. you're not even in the play in picture. Like and mm-hmm. you're you're ready to just say fuck it and tank. Like and, and and Dame has say been, you know, fully healthy all season, looked great. The Blazers just haven't played well. The other guys haven't done their job. Yeah. But Dame looks awesome. He looks back. Cause if that's the case, you know, you could get a lot. You can get back. a good amount then. Yeah. yeah. Right now, I don't think you can get a lot, but it would it would right. It would but if you could get like something a, like that. A, a few first rounders. Mm-hmm. And you're trying and to rebuild player. and you think rebuilding is the best option. It'd be hard to say no. And like, that's where I, I don't know that Dame's going to request a trade. I hope he doesn't. Or I hope if, if they do trade him, it's not because he requested a trade. I hope it's just because, Hey, we're, we're going in a different direction. This is a mutual decision. It's a good thing for you. It's a good thing for us. Like we're, we're going to try to do you a favor, send you to a good situation. Mm-hmm. Like, like something like, like that. Like they did with CJ. Yes. Like yeah. they did with CJ. Yeah, that that would be a lot more palatable to me. And I think it would look a lot better as far as like Dame's legacy rather than him forcing his way out. Like because, you know, so much of his legacy is that loyalty that gets talked about so often. I'd like to see him retire a blazer. I just don't oh, know how, how realistic that is. But then, you know, you think about like what if maybe you could simultaneously just rebuild around him, like maybe move on from Nurk and and Hart, say, and like mm-hmm. even Grant maybe, and like you just the young guys keep ascending. You you build you compile assets and you just build this team. And Dame is just there. And even when he gets to be 33, 34, 35, he's still a bad motherfucker. And like yep. he's gonna age well. Yeah, I think it's, he is. It's, it's a different era where these guys who have been taking care of their bodies well, he's he's on the same level as like a Chris Paul or a Steph Curry in the sense that he takes care of himself. He's very mm-hmm. serious about the game. He's going to age well because of his shooting in general. He's always going to be a good leader. It's not like he's the most explosive guy in the world. Right. Like, this guy's going to be able to play three or four more really solid seasons. I'm not worried yeah. about that. It's it's that if he's going to be able to, if he can stomach waiting for the timeline of some of these younger right. guys. Right. Which we don't even know if that will come, like how successful that would be. Like, yeah. yeah, best case scenario where they're a super competitive team in like three years and have a better roster than he's ever had. Like Shaden and Anthony Simons become like bona fide st- all-star players. And like they draft a couple of big time talents and maybe like a Keon or a trend and Wofford becomes like a, a quality starter level player. Like if all mm-hmm. those things go right, then like, yeah, there's who's to say Dame couldn't be part of that. Even if he is 10 years older than everybody else. Um, but I don't know it how it would look almost uh, closer to like, uh, 
like a late career, like Reggie Miller kind of joining the like Jermaine O'Neal timeline, like obviously yeah. not a championship team. Yeah, 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 like yeah something yeah. like that. I, yeah, like, that's it's, it's not that's, unprecedented. Yeah, and it would so, it would be like along those lines. Yep, it'd be uh, it's kind of we can go back to talking about the pivot that I think Joe Cronin's kind of got in his back pocket. Um, you mentioned like trading Nurk stuff like that. I kind of think that uh, you can get some assets for like a Jeremy Grant. Josh Hart, even maybe like Nas Little, as hard as that would be to stomach, it's a contract year. Like these guys are all very tradable. I think that you could attach Nurk's, Nurk's contract to like even a Jeremy Grant trade and something. I know Bill Simmons mentioned something like that on his pod the other day. And uh, I could see a scenario where things aren't going right. Joe Cronin could shut this thing down in like December, hit the tank, yeah. trade those guys off, and he could just start creating injuries again, just like last season. Like, half the roster all of a sudden got plantar fasciitis in like February all at once. (laughs) So I wouldn't be shocked if something like that happens and we aim for a high pick again this year. Um, I guess I don't, they they could make the play in right. Like pretty easily, easily. And I mean, and all things could go great. They could be a six seed. Like it's, it's not out of the realm possibility. It doesn't look like it on the court right now. Things got to click, but it's like, I just think that, what Joe Cronin is has a stomach for is not the play in. He's like, this is this is just the beginning of his journey. He's not tying himself to Dame Lillard. He's tying himself to the future of the Blazers franchise. So it's it's just a thing to take into consideration. Yeah. And I mean I think a big factor in all this is going to be Shade and Sharp, where it's mm-hmm. like if he's if he starts to look like mm-hmm. like okay, this kid is is a future superstar. Like he's going to be our guy, him and Anthony Simons. Then it's like, maybe that's our backcourt, you know, right. for the next eight years is Ant and Shaden Sharp. Like mm-hmm. if they think Shaden's going to be that guy, because um, I don't know that he's not exactly, he, I know he blocks shots well for for a guard, but he's not exactly a, a defensive stopper. And um, so I'm not sure that he's like a small forward. You know, no, not not um, at this point. In his career. I, I think he's like a two, and I think yeah. he's, he's I think he's a pretty traditional, just high scoring two. Mm-hmm. And um, if he's who I think he could be, maybe that's another thing that could push the direction of this team because that that's a whole new element. And I, it's not to get ahead of ourselves. It's very early. Like he was basically an unknown to, to most of us before he got drafted. And then um, you know, we've all we've seen is the preseason. It's been spectacular at moments and i think his ceiling is crazy high but like but that could be another factor where like if he starts to if he gets minutes and really shines that could push cronin's hand a little bit too i i do think that he played himself into a position like at the beginning of the preseason it was like yeah he's gonna have to earn it a little bit and i think that like he's got to get day one minutes now from what he's shown on the court and like there's there's always got to be some room for optimism. I think Shaden Sharp is that kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. That's like, holy shit. Like some of the stuff that he's done, he's shown that he can play on the ball. He's shown he's got the range to play off the ball. He even does like just good glue guy things. He's a good cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, his like second bounce around the rim is insane. So like getting like tip ins, stuff like that. Like he's just got a, like a nose for getting to the basket. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how he grows and blossoms. I think that, uh, we got a special young talent right there. Yeah, man, that's been that's been by far obviously the most exciting thing about probably this the only exciting thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. And I guess I guess Dame looking good. I mean, Jeremy yeah. Grant shot the ball pretty well. Um, he's played he's played really well. He's, he's been yeah. good. I'm ex- I'm very I'm excited. Grant, I'm feeling good about Grant 
Shaden mm-hmm. and, and Dame, I guess, would be the the points of yeah. optimism right now. A- but Anthony hasn't been bad. It's just hasn't been, been like, bad. He hasn't he hasn't done much. He's kind of finding no, his footing. That that's an adjustment, man. Yeah. Like, you know, when he and Dame would play pretty relatively short stretches together, like I don't know. I, that's going to be an interesting thing too, man. Like how how do they work that? How much do they stagger those guys? Do they kind of follow the playbook that they had with CJ and Dame? It's not like this team doesn't know how to, you know, work with two small guards. Um, you know, what do they look like together on the court? Like that's that's going to be fascinating to see. And that's something I don't think we've had answered yet. Um, I would think that they would make each other's lives a lot easier offensively right. and you know, Simon's last season, like he obviously was one of the best shooters in the league. And he was also one of the most contested shooters in the league too. Like, especially, mm-hmm. you know, when, when Dame was out and everything, like he was a lot, his shots were being contested. And he was still knocking him down. He's like maybe the best catch and shoot guy in the whole league. So I would think him playing off ball and just feasting off Dame's gravity, he should maintain that efficiency, if not even exceed it as, as yeah. amazing as it was. Interestingly enough, and I think this is good for the longevity of Dame's career, but they were doing a lot of like Dame off ball stuff and Anthony mm-hmm. kind of running sets. I mean, you know, talk to me in December if that's still happening or if it's just like Dame going ISO 100 right. times a game. But yeah, it's like I think that stuff's interesting. It's cool that he can pair with them like that. Um, Anthony did have that stretch last year where he was definitely the uh, the target of defenses when he was the main ball handler and he handled it really well. He up, you know. He maintained his efficiency while up, like upping his yep. usage, and that's the hardest thing to do. Exactly, stay consistent. So I, yeah, I believe in the kid. Um, I guess I got like one, got a couple of things I wanted to hit on, but like one big question I want to ask you is: uh, Let's say we get to a point in the season, like let's say we're at the forty-one game mark, and the Blazers only have like you know fifteen, sixteen wins. It's looking really bleak. Where do you think uh, Chauncey Billups' job status is? I gotta think he's safe. You do? Yeah. Um, Unless there's some additional issue, like some turmoil in the locker room, or there's this is is the Celtics fan in Utah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, God, yeah, God forbid something like that. Even even if it's just like you know lack of confidence expressed publicly by some of the players. Mm-hmm. You know, if like Dame were to come out and say, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even want to speculate. But that I think that's what it would take to really jeopardize Chauncey's job this season would be something like that. Because if it's – if the because the players seem to like him. Yeah, a he's lot. a player's coach. Yeah, He is. That's, that's, probably, that's the reports, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. that's He's a player's coach and the players seem to like him. And I think as long as that's the case, his job is safe this season. Because, again, last season is just like – I can't – I don't – count it at all like i let mm-hmm. alone against him like again I, I i like him as in that role too like as kind of that developmental coach um i thought he was pretty good like you know shepherding those young players we saw a lot of guys show a lot of growth last season when they were tanking mm-hmm. like but there was a lot of development too it was a pretty successful tanking season honestly because a lot of those guys like watford you know, developed a lot. Nas Little developed a lot. Anthony Simons, obviously. And then they ended up with Shaden Sharp out of it. So that was yeah. a success. Um, the question, I guess, is like, is Chauncey the right guy for a team that's trying to be competitive, a more veteran team, this group of guys specifically? And that's what we just don't know. And this year's so, the test for sure. It is. And so considering roster, that, yeah. considering that this year is a test, I don't see them canning him mid-test. 
Like even if things are going bad, I think that's I think the more likely thing is that they're like, okay, it's it's largely the roster. It's just not yeah. working. It's not worth this. Like let's scrap it and rebuild. And then maybe they see Chauncey as the right guy for that job. That could be part of it too. Like we were talking about that optionality, that ability to pivot, you know, maybe having a guy that they see as a really good developmental coach, uh, a guy that really gets through to young players. Maybe that's part of it, you know, where if they do want to go in that direction, they, they have the guy that they think would be the right dude for the job. So I think he's safe for now, no matter what this season beyond yeah. that. I don't know. You know, that's, a lot of coaches have been fired after after yeah. two seasons. So I I think he has a uh, is a four year contract that he signed. So going into his third season, that might be time. Yeah, I can I'm see with it. you there. Also, like we're we're talking about the Allen estate, and uh, I don't see them wanting to pay two coaches while they're in the midst of this like tear down if they're at that point. That's a good point. So yeah, you always got to worry about the you know that like, side you, of things. Like I almost don't feel like we know who Chauncey is as a coach. Like, yeah, and that's that's one thing that like I've got a little bit of disappointment um, with him in the sense that like he sold himself on like being this guy who gets through to the players and uh, holding people accountable. Talks a lot about like connectivity, accountability, just, you know, these big, strong words that look right. good on paper, look good in a press release. But it's like once you see it on the court, like who's being held accountable? Like, yeah. how come, like where, where's Nurkic? Like, where's his conditioning? Like, yeah. how's he going to get these these guys to commit to buy into the system? Is there a system? I don't. I just don't see much fluidity on the court. And- no, I, I. But I will say, like, some of these people are kind of saying some of the same things about Ime Udoka last season, like mm, early in the season. Right. Okay, yeah, like this. This might not be the guy. Like, I don't know. This doesn't look right. Like, they're not playing the way they should. Like, yeah, what's his what's his plan? What's his system? And then it it, it came together eventually. Obviously. I don't know. I don't know. Fell gonna... apart, but yeah, different <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as a coach, man, as a coach, <laughs> yeah. he turned out to be awesome. You know? was, yeah, it was just uh, a tough break. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. So that's the thing with Chauncey. Like I don't know that we've seen enough from him to to really to really know. Maybe by mid season or the end of this season, we'll we'll just we'll have a better idea of of not yeah. just if whether he's a good coach, but even just who he is as a coach. Um, what what and it looks like to critique him on uh, you know if he's got. His star players hurt, and then uh, his roster is constantly changing because the GM doesn't yeah. like the, the way things are looking. Yeah. yeah, like let's see how it looks with a little bit of continuity. I, I'm yeah. with that. All yeah. right, so I think a good spot to wrap it up at is um, I know we we're in the business of overreaction or underreacting, if that's how you want to put it with <laughs> yours. But uh, where were you on the over under for the Blazers? Maybe like before the preseason. I would have had them at probably like 45. Where are you at now? Uh, 44. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Yeah. I think they're I think they're better than 500 team. And like, hey man, in another season, they they might have been a 50 win team, but you oh, know, I know I've, like I've I talked said, about that with some other uh Blazers fans that uh that like if you just stack this talent up against like the Al Farouk Aminu and like Mo Harkless kind of teams, like those teams won 50, those teams won fifty games, and they were really good. And it was it was all on the back of Dame. So like if Dame is Dame, then you know that could change things. But it's just a deeper league. That's mm-hmm. that's what you got to take into consideration. This team is more talented, but the league is insane. The West is going to be a gauntlet this year. Oh yeah. So I don't. I you know I'm not really in the the over under business myself, but. 
I, for me, it's a stay away because I, the wild card to me is whatever Joe Cronin wants to do. And I yeah. just, I don't think he's got, I think this team's got the talent for a 45 win team. Right. But is that the direction that they want to go in? Yeah, no, that's, that's the big that's question. That's the biggest question. I, yeah. I agree that it's, it's a stay away because there's two pretty extreme directions that they could go. And like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule either one out by, by any stretch. I'm a little more on the optimistic side that this team can win, but um, I really do think GP two is going to be going to be huge. Yeah. It's weird. Like it is weird though, thinking about where he was prior to his kind of breakout season with the Warriors. Like he was not a guy that you'd be saying is like going to really have that much of an impact on your team. Like we wouldn't, you know, even before last season, we wouldn't be like, Oh, when they get Gary Payton though, they're now he kind of emerged out of, out of nowhere. I mean, he was a guy that couldn't, couldn't even land like a full-time job in the NBA uh, prior to last season. So right. He earned but it. Though. He did earn it and he did yeah. show what he can be. And like, if he can be that guy for mm-hmm. the Blazers, like that is something that, you know, we need to wait and see, I think before we judge the team too hard is, is at least for him to get back healthy because um, I mean, they've got some pretty good defensive personnel when you look at Gary Payton Jr. And Keon Johnson's a really nice perimeter defender. I mean, he'll, he'll only get better as he gets stronger, but he's got a ton of upside there. And like, I mean, Jeremy Grant's a good defender, like uh, Nas Josh Little. Can, yeah, Josh Hart Nas, can, is pretty Josh good. Competes. I think what's, what's uh, important to keep in mind, too, is once everyone's in place, you've got Justice Winslow and Gary Payton on the court that Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant don't have to guard the best players all the time. Right. And those guys could kind of do like help side stuff. And it kind of puts everyone in their right position. It's what like about it's, Nurk, it's worth man? Waiting. Nurk, Nurk mm. I, like, I, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm not going to overreact to the preseason, but even like last season, he wasn't very good defensively. But then again, it's like, I don't also don't want to overreact to last season because Nurk, three, four years ago was a really good defensive player. Like that was a strength of his, like the, at, the what, big he, difference, at what he did, he was great at yeah. what he did defensively. He's obviously a limited, you know, he's not a guy that can switch out on the perimeter, right? but well, like as a drop big, he was, he was pretty damn good under Stotts. That's the big difference is under, under Terry Stotts, they played a strictly drop coverage yeah. defense. They kind of pioneered probably, it almost in a way, like yeah, the way that largely it's played due to kind of the limited aspects of what their players could do because their guards couldn't really fight over screens. Uh, they didn't have switchable bigs that could get out there. And I think over the last couple of seasons, they put Nurt kind of in a, in an uncomfortable area where last year he was hedging out like 30 feet. Yeah. Yeah. That and was weird. Being asked to re- yeah. And then he was being asked to recover and like, there was no like backline. That raised some eyebrows help. about Chauncey for sure. Yep, That raised yeah. some <laughs> And this year they switched it up in the preseason where he's just switching everything. And like, you know, every now and then he'll get isolated against like a Reggie Jackson or something. You kind of live with that. Uh, yeah. It's more like what's on the back end of that of is the big switching on to Dame is the big switching on to, to Anthony Simon. Right. So it's like having a big man like Nurkic, it just, it limits your flexibility of what you do defensively. Right. But he's like, if he can be optimized, he can be pretty effective. Like he has been, by all yeah. metrics. In the past, and they were actually a pretty damn good defense a few years ago as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, middle middle of the pack, but over the last like handful of seasons, they've always been drifting towards. Oh the bottom. yeah, and the that, last the last few seasons, they've been the, at the bottom of the league defensively. I think that's that's another thing about having like a Gary Payton type and some of the other defensive players we talked about is that if they can handle their coverages better, kind of puts Nurk more in his place where he's having to help less. He he gets in that situation where he gets like this um, 
he starts fouling and then he just keeps fouling. And then it's like yeah. one, you know, one's an accidental foul. The next one's a frustration foul. And then he has yeah. to play timid because he can't play with his hands anymore. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like I just need, having, we need, we need him in shape. We need him in shape, yep. motivated, protecting the rim, you know, playing smart. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think he's, he's serviceable. Like, but I just don't know honestly whether he's a weakness or a strength defensively and like you said like he is limited and so maybe in that sense he's a weakness but i think he can be used if he's in shape and dialed in um to where maybe he is he is a strength um yeah there, there's and ways around these guys like we see it all over the league with, with you can you can scheme around a a sort of limited big and actually make them look like a pretty damn good defender um so that's that's big because he's the he's like the only real big guy on the team oh yeah if he goes down it's it's fun. Or if he's not good. Yeah, if he's not good, like if he's if he's declining or yep. um if he just doesn't fit with this group, then that's something you might need to address. Cause that's the other thing. If things aren't clicking, it could you could just be one move away from it clicking. Right. And whether that's moving on from Nurkic or or Grant or what, like that could be it too. You might not have to tear the whole thing down, but that's gonna yeah. be uh yeah, there's a few different directions they could go, I think. Maybe it's not totally extreme one way or the other. No, that, that's true. There could be a there could be one move or like one player could just all of a sudden, you know, if Anthony Simons all of a sudden hits that next level, something like that. That'll that changes the the discussion a lot. How many if points by the middle of the year? What's up? Oh, uh, sorry. I was going to ask you a quick question about Ant. How many points per game do you think Anthony Simons averages this year? Over or under twenty? I'll put it that way. Over or under on twenty? I think I got twenty is a good line because I think over the. The six years that CJ McCollum was the starting two guard, I think he averaged like twenty one point six. Um, I'd probably put him at over. I'd give him about like twenty point five. That seems reasonable. Yeah, it I'm, depends I'm, on I'm how, right about there. Yeah, I, it depends on how big of uh, a, a workload that Jeremy Grant takes. Do you, you think mentioned he, Jeremy earlier? Uh-huh, yeah. and you were like, Detroit, you know, Denver. Jeremy would be like the best fit. I think it's kind of like a somewhere in the middle between like high usage Detroit Jeremy. We might need some like, offense out of him. Yeah, some exactly. more offense. He could do some yeah. things. Some yeah, creation. So if, he can. If we're getting like eighteen from Jeremy and like you know twenty from Ant, and your your typical Dame stuff, and then a hot night from Shaden, hot they're night gonna, from Josh. They're going to have a good some... offense, I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, they've been the, the top three offense several years. You know, recent years with Dame, like. um, like they're he's I, if Dame's healthy, he's a top five on offense. On yeah, himself. it's almost like what Trey Young is. Like you know, the Hawks yeah. are going to be a top five offense, and Dame's mm-hmm. kind of the same. Like maybe he doesn't quite have the pieces Trey does around him, but like they're probably they're certainly a top ten offense. Like I'd bet money on that. But yeah. you know, if you're the twenty eighth ranked defense, then you're probably not going too far. So uh, my whole thing has been like if they could somehow become like a top fifteen, sixteen defense, even which might be really optimistic and then still be like a top seven, eight offense. That's where like, you might have a, a pretty good team. They've only achieved that balance a couple years in the Dame yeah, era. That's, but that's the blueprint. Top five offense, top 15 defense. Like, that's, that's, that's a good team. That's, that's, a, that's, a, playoff, team. that's a playoff yeah. team. Yeah. And if you mix in, um, you know, classic, like clutch numbers for Dame Lillard, Gives you a little which boost. is like, you know, we, that year, a couple, like two seasons ago where we like way overplayed our, uh, our, um, what is it? The point differential. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we outperformed that. That's because of Dame's clench sense numbers. And it's like, yep. if we could lean on that a little bit and then we have everything else going, like there's a blueprint there. It's just, 
it all has to fall into place. They're one of those teams where it all has to fall into place. Like I was mm-hmm. saying this, uh, I think to Riley about the Bulls actually the other day. Like you know, like it just feels like everything has to go right for this team to be kind of where they want to be, like maybe a right. top five, six seed. And I think you could say the same thing about the Blazers. Like they have to be healthy. They have to click. This guy mm-hmm. has to make a jump. You know, this this guy has to, you know, be in shape. Like there's these, these all these things that need to happen. And it's almost like if one of them doesn't, they're probably not where they need to be. So they don't have a lot of like room for error. And they're one of the few teams I really can say that about that have a decently high ceiling, but it, it no really, room for error. it just yeah. has to go right. Yeah, the the floor is too low. So yes. I guess kind of to to bring it back to the Blazers or the Bulls talk, um, I think their their swing guy would be Pat Williams. Mm-hmm. Who do you think the the swing guy on the Blazers roster is for a successful season? Ooh, that's a good question. Because um, I feel like you know I think I'm I'm pretty confident Anthony Simons is is going to be like a twenty point a game score. Like I'm not even going to consider him for this this question. Like a true swing guy. Um, I'm going to say Nasir Little. Okay. Yeah, I think I think what he could potentially bring defensively, um, and also just as as a scorer, um, you know, as just a guy that's gonna cut and get offensive rebounds and knock down the open three, just even in that capacity, a lot like what Patrick Williams, um, mm-hmm. what we'd like to see him be for the Bulls. It's kind of a, a similar type of player, actually, or a similar type of role. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say Nasir Little because man, before he got hurt last season, he was really, really, really playing. He was well. really good. Yeah, it was. We were getting really excited about he was, Nasir. He had a he had a great what December January. Yeah, his like that, was awesome. that. Like yeah. first couple weeks of January. Um, yeah, he man. was he was really coming along, and then he goes down, and he just he missed a lot of time, and he he hasn't looked like the same player. And I think he, he even not, said, yeah. "I'm not the same player." Like I think he. Yeah. Had, no, there was a. Um, they had kind of a training camp battle for the small forwards position Hart. that Josh Hart won. And not, he was very, like Nas Little was very humble about it. And he just said, he's not the same player he was. He wants to get there. And like that kid's got the good drive. I'm, I'm pulling for him. He's one of my favorite players. He's, he's my, he's my swing factor for the Blazers because he could be pretty damn good. If he could get back to where he was and then build on that within this season, um, that's going to add a lot to this team. Like we need yeah. him. We need him. For sure. I'd say um, my my swing player, I, I think with my head, it's going to be Jeremy Grant. With my heart, it would be Shaden Sharp. <laughs> like if Shaden like, just... If like, Shaden just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. wow, like 15 <laughs> yeah. points a game as a rookie exactly, or something. yeah. Or if like he just has like a great like second half of the season and all of a sudden, you know, he you can trust him to play 25, 30 minutes a game. Right. And like, because already his athleticism is insane. Like just if you if you could trust him to not screw up and just be on the court, he's going to do positive things. The Blazers are an insanely athletic team. All One of the sudden. most uh, like low key like people don't realize it. Like between Jeremy Grant, Gary Payton is insanely athletic. Keon, Keon, Shaden might be a top five athlete in the yeah. league. People just don't realize it yet. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's with my heart would be Shaden. I think uh, my uh, my swing guy is Jeremy Grant. Just if if he could play anywhere near like. An all-star level. Like, I think you out. might be right, though. Maybe it's even more of the Detroit Jeremy Grant that we need. The more I think about it, like not full Detroit Jeremy Grant. Oh, like, just but no, like, no, he, but maybe higher efficiency, but like doing the glue guy stuff yeah. that he did in Denver. Yeah, I guess right, <laughs> right in between. You know, like just a, yeah. a mix of those two versions, and that's entirely realistic considering those two versions were 
literally him. So, like, yep. you know, yeah. he, can, he, can, he can be that guy. We're not asking yeah. him to be someone else. We're just asking him to exactly. be himself. Like, just... L- Limit some of the contested twos. Yes. He, he showed he could be a really good spot-up three-point shooter. I think he was a 40% shooter in Denver. And we've mm-hmm. seen it in the preseason. Like, he's got a smooth stroke. If he's not taking tough shots. He's shooting it great He's just in the shooting, preseason. like, yeah, five or six threes a game, like, on good looks. Yeah. Um, you know, being a menace in transition and then just playing really good help side defense. Like, that kid can block some shots. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets he's, up there, dude. He's, he's, he's a big-time yeah. athlete with length. He's, he's got a good personality. He kind of fits in with, like, that's mm-hmm. one thing that the Blazers have always had, just like a lot of likable guys. I think he's I think from he, Portland, right? Originally? He was born there. Yeah, I think his dad, Harvey, Harvey yeah. played for the Blazers when he was born. He didn't spend any time there growing up, but literally he's born got a t- in Portland. He's got, he's got ties then. Yeah, he's yeah. got ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a good vibes team. I just don't want to see shit go bad. You know, The man? vibes felt so good. Like the first couple of days of training camp, like all, oh, the, all the videos and photos, everything coming out. Like Them swimming in the pool, doing dude, like water aerobics. The vibes, the vibes <laughs> yeah. were immaculate. And then, yeah. they, then they got spanked a few times in the preseason. Yep. And, and that Golden State game was the one where everyone's like, oh, the Blazers suck. Well, <laughs> that, that one was disheartening because they were playing against third stringers. I know. With I know. Yeah, the jazz, it's the, the preseason. Too. But yeah, it's the, it's the preseason, man. Like, yeah. But I hate to be that guy saying it's the preseason because i'm the one who's like oh did you see so and so like i'm always like probably reading too much into the preseason but uh but that's more with like individual players as a team i'm you know there's so much uh chemistry stuff that just wasn't there um yeah hopefully we'll get better hopefully we get better hey man i'm gonna be in portland on friday for the uh the phoenix suns are coming to town last year i went to uh the second game of the season at home we spanked the suns by like 35 points i'm hoping for more of that, that'll bring on some good vibes. So. Yeah, yeah. The Suns yeah. are, yeah. Maybe the Suns are, you know, they're maybe their their vibes will uh will be their downfall in that one, and uh that would be a big win. It'd be nice, man. Yeah. Considering beat a couple of these good teams early, like that would. That let's would go. Nice. Let's go. Nice. That's yeah. it. That's it's sick. Nice to be there. Just back in, yeah, back in Moda, back in Rip City, feeling yeah. the vibes. I'm sure I'm gonna get some of that optimism back. So, like, thank yeah. you for imparting some of yours onto me and it's just good chatting with you bud let's go you Blazers. Too, man you too thanks man yeah go yeah, Blazers. again sometime definitely all right later brother all right man peace